up, everybody? I go by the name of Sly. And I'm Cartier the Don. And we want to encourage you guys to listen to The Melting Pot. Where we will release new episodes every Sunday discussing today's most hottest and controversial topics. Stirring up all things popular culture. And you know what they say. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Brought to you by The Melting Pot. Hey, sous chefs, and welcome back to another installment here at the Melting Pot. I'm your host, Sly. I'm Cartier to Dawn. And today we have a talented artist joining us today, and we are lucky to have the pleasure of interviewing him. He's going to tell us all about his career, his lifestyle. We hope that it'll be a good show, and we encourage everybody to tune in. So without further ado, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, that would be lovely. Oh, my name is Brandon Bing. Nice to meet you, Brandon. So, Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, so, uh, like I said, my name is Brandon. Last name is Bing. And uh, I'm down here in Florida, uh, or from Florida, out in uh, Volusia County. And um, I live in Nashville half-time as well. So, I spend half the month in the Sunshine State and half the, the month up there in a good old music city. Okay, that's what's up. And um, what first got you into the music scene? Yeah, so basically, I mean, I've done music uh, my whole life and uh, I've been around it, you know, pretty much, I'd say since, you know, I was like, you know, four or five years old. I've, I played uh, classically trained doing uh, cello initially and then uh, went into percussion and uh, did percussion until I was about 14 years old. And uh, then, you know, I've always written as well. I was always a, uh, a really, you know, creative writer and just always enjoyed the, the writing space and music, being able to communicate and tell stories. So that was something that was always important to me. And I felt, you know, when I took the the leap to make uh, the move inside country music, I realized that, you know, being able to have that parallel of telling stories was where my niche was. And it was just like the perfect genre that kind of fit, you know, what, what uh, made me, you know, who I am today. So... That's awesome. Are you the only one in your family that does music? Well, my dad used to be a DJ when he was in college, and uh, he did that back in the day when they was at Purdue out in Indiana. And um, then he also used to work in uh, at CBS Records as an intern uh, during his college years, and that was under Al Schumann. So uh, he had a lot of exposure. That was right before Clyde Davis, you know, uh, took everything over and, and converted CBS to Sony. So, um, you know, just... Being around that throughout my life, having the exposure to different genres from, you know, old school music to, you know, classics like, you know, jazz and classic rock and roll and things like that, just like really opened up and, and you know, widened my overall horizon when it came to my musical taste. Uh, my grandma always used to listen to country growing up. So that was just, uh, you know, I was always surrounded from, from both sides, just in different, you know, facets of music. I just, I guess, was the one that decided to take it to a, uh, a bigger level so to speak understandable um so you mentioned that you know you spend half your time in uh nashville also known as music city um so how did it yeah. feel finally getting to nashville like for the first time because you know a lot of um artists in general but you know particularly country artists you know have this amazing story about when they first get there and just seeing all the touristy spots and everything so how did you feel yeah, for me, it was just this, it was, it was crazy because, you know, just dealing with the the standpoint of, 
all the different music going on. I mean, it's it truly is just a very overwhelming experience. And that's mainly because of the fact that in Music City, you have so many rooftop bars and you have so many artists that are all doing the same thing, you know, guys and gals alike. So uh, plus you also have a, a very large market, too, with, um, you know, with uh, with blues so, you know, just having all these different, you know, talented artists, uh, musicians and songwriters, it really just hit me kind of like just like, uh, like a sack of bricks. And then I just had to just have like a just this reality of where I had to like take a step back, take a deep breath and realize that, you know, hey, you know, what am I here to, to bring to the table and how am I going to do it? And how am I going to be heard? Because, you know, it's a good old boy town. So it's just kind of like. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And, uh, you know, really, I think, too, you know, it's it's hard to get get in if you're not part of the club, you know. So it's like there's a thousand artists every day in different genres all across the board trying to make a make a niche. And I needed to find something that was going to make myself, you know, stand out amongst the rest. And I think I done a pretty good job of that so far and I'm, I'm pretty blessed with the opportunities I've been given. I was actually got a little head but I was actually going to ask you about you know the competition out there because I, I recently um, spent uh, four years in Nashville and you mentioned some of the rooftop bars yeah I love the Jason Aldeans and the Tin Roof <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah like Honky Tonk Honky Tonk oh, yeah. all the way down there but you know it is like you said it's uh, hundreds of artists you know performing all day all night and I was just going to ask, how do you handle the competition and what makes you stand out? Yeah, I think really what it comes down to is just being original. Um, where I found my my success personally was not spending my time down in in the area of uh, Lower Broadway, as you know, where all the rooftop bars are. I mean, yeah. I, I would go down there and I got buddies that play that Chitlin circuit. And, um, you know, but it's I call, you know, being from Florida, I call. Uh, Broadway, you know, Nashville's uh, Disney World, you know, it's it's truly <laughs> like this this crazy like mix of God, I mean, it's it's bachelor bachelor and bachelorette parties. It's almost like yes. you're watching the movie Hangover. It I mean, literally. Is. It literally is. You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. Like, <laughs> you're going to see somebody out there doing something, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, someone on the side of the street or, or someone doing something crazy in one of the rooftop bars, but it's a good time. Um, I think the good thing about that, about Broadway is it gives you this opportunity and a platform to, to meet people from all over the country because you just have so many visitors coming in all the time to listen to music while they're, you know, having a good time celebrating whatever they're celebrating. So that's kind of cool. Cause every time I am in town, I will hit up certain bars and, and certain restaurants and stuff and you meet people and uh, that helps me expand my fan base. But when it comes to the music, which is really what we're focused on, is, uh, you know, I, I spend most of my time over in Midtown uh, by Winners and Losers and, and uh, off Demumbrian by all the different types of uh, songwriter spots, yeah. you know, like Doghouse and Live Oak and um, the local they do freak show and, and things like that, or go to the listening room. Yeah, and, the listening uh, room. Yeah, like good, those are good place. <laughs> yeah, those those are the spots. Yeah, because I mean, for me, like I said, I'm a writer, so yeah. I think. Well, and I will say this: I think what's helped me the most, honestly, is uh, there's a thousand, there's a thousand great guitarists, there's a thousand great drummers, there's a thousand great singers, right? You know, you can go down to the laundry list of of who's good at what, but you got to really to be a successful artist. Um, and to have something that's going to give you uh, a long-term 
you know, play where you can have a, you know, a long, you know, uh, build a build a dynasty, I guess. Or, you know, you gotta you gotta have the total package. You gotta have the look. You gotta have the ability to to talk to people. You gotta be able to engage in concerts. You gotta be able to perform. And and uh, I play guitar. I write songs. Um, I have this combination of you know, uh, folklore, kind of like bluegrass, uh, Americana style of writing. But then I have this uh, Southern rock and roll and uh, traditional country honky tonk elements with the instrumentation. So my music gives itself its own little niche. And then also just being able to write, because I think a lot of uh, musicians and you can look collectively across any genre, but most, you know, the reason why writers and, and artists are such a good uh, marriage is because most writers don't sing and most singers don't, don't write. write. Yeah. So, Couldn't agree more. So they put them together and they, you know, and they, and they find these, these magical relationships and, you know, they make number ones, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like going back to the day when, you know, you can look at, you know, Dean Dillon wrote so many, you know, classics. He wrote like 50 number ones for, for George Strait, or you got, you know, um, someone like Billy Shaver, who just, uh, you know, God rest his soul. He just passed away, I think, a week ago. And he wrote for, you know, Elvis. And he wrote for, um, you know, for Johnny Cash and, and Waylon and, and things like that. And then you got someone like in another genre, like Smokey Robinson, who, who wrote all these number ones for uh, The Temptations. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like you got to understand that, that, that relationship. And I think if you really want to succeed, you got to know what you're good at and you need to play to that strength don't try to be the jack of all trades if if that's not in your wheelhouse you know what i'm saying exactly right so i'm just curious have you uh performed at bluebird or the listening room i haven't performed at bluebird um or or the listening room um i do a lot of shows uh on the road um and i've had a chance to work you know i kind of did things a little different um i've been to the listening room many times uh, I performed, you know, at Tootsie's before. I've performed over at Jason Aldean's before. You know, many other rooftop space, AJ's Good Time Bar, things like that, up and down Broadway. So I've had exposure in those elements. Um, the thing for me is, you know, trying to figure out, you know, my fan base and and who my reach is. I have a really strong base of of support in Texas, and that you know that honky tonk and that that Texas country, and then the, of course that red dirt style going up towards Oklahoma. So I've been, a, a lot of my stuff has been more on the road. Um, I'm actually going back up there this uh, tomorrow, flying back up to Nash, and I'm playing in a fall festival in Lebanon, Tennessee. Uh, and then, you know, I played a show uh, the week before last out in Portland, uh, Tennessee, by the Kentucky border. And I've done quite a bit in, in lower, you know, South Georgia and, and in Florida. But, uh, you know, just... I spend more time up there building relationships and building my, I guess, so to call it, like your 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 circle or your your dream team. And yeah. I've been really fortunate in that regards because I think I've got more opportunities with what I bring to the table than you know being the one playing on the Chitlin circuit or or hitting some of those spots like the Bluebird or the, or the Listening Room. To be honest with you, I I have two questions for you. Yeah. You keep uh, going circling around the word niche, and so I want to know what what makes you stand out from all the other artists, and also describe your creative process for me. Yeah, so I think you know when it comes down to um, what makes me stand out the most is 
just my storytelling uh, component. You know, I think there's other artists that tell stories, but again, I write all my music and I sing all my music and I come up with all my arrangements. So I think that's something that's a little bit different. Um, I'm not saying that there's not other artists that do that, that don't do that. Um, right. But when you're looking at your top 40, you know, or your top 10, uh, and you're looking at who's who's what, they're not doing that. You know, like, um, for example, uh, you know, Blake Shelton, I had the, the honor and privilege to to work with his fiddle player, uh, Janae Fleener. She's played on many of my uh, projects. And, you know, she also plays for uh, John Party. And she's done some other sessions. But to have her as a part of the team for, uh, and she just, you know, again, she won Musician of the Year for the second time last night. You know, having people like that or working with, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Chesney's guitarist, John Conley, or Perry Coleman, who did background and uh, harmonies for Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. And I work with uh, Nick Buda and Dave Francis, um, uh, John Willis, who did everything back in the day for Brian McKnight. You know, I just and then I've recently worked with uh, Adam Schoenfeld who is, plays lead on uh, sessions for Jason Aldean's records. Oh, wow. So, you know, I've built those relationships. And yeah, so when I come into a room, when I come into the studio, and I and I also work with uh, one of Luke Combs' uh, producers, Kenny Royster. So, you know, having the opportunity to, uh, you know, have that talent, have that creative process, where, where I set myself apart is I come in there, I'm an independent artist. I come into the room. I bring in the songs. My music's not cliche. Uh, you know, my my wordplay and and my um, my ability to paint pictures in the in the lyrics is very detailed. Where a lot of um, other musicians out there and a lot of other artists that are you know current right now, you got this bro country, brother country, pop country kind of vibe. It kind of sounds like a cross between like pop and rap. And it's, um, you know, 808s and clap tracks and click tracks where I bring yeah. raw instrumentation. Mm-hmm. I got fiddle. I got steel. I got banjo. I got mandolin. And I got, you know, um, Wurlitzer or, or, you know, honky-tonk pianos and keys or, you know, bringing in harmonica. You know, so I bring a lot of different elements into my music that really help elevate the song to a different uh, space that you wouldn't see in a lot of the songs that are you know, uh, in contingency, you know, for, for your top spots right now. I also think with bringing in those, you know, those various instruments, it helps bring the feeling back into the music. Cause you know, with a lot of the 808s and the boom claps, it can feel a bit robotic and, you know, it put into a little, like a bubble and has certain restraints on it. But like with actual live music and tracking, it brings that feeling back into the music, which is pretty dope. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's where I'm trying to do, you know, I feel like, you know, it's a dying breed. Um, and I just want to, I want to be one of the guys, like, I just kind of feel like it was kind of God's way of saying like, Hey man, like we're going to pass this torch. And it's, you know, with everything that's been going on this past year with, it's been all, you know, negative for so many people. Uh, I, on the other hand, have had nothing but, you know, positives from it. And I think a lot of that's attributed to identifying my lane um, staying focused and keeping those blinders on, not letting anything else, you know, be toxic in it and really just focusing on honing in on my craft. You were talking about your influences uh, earlier and, you know, uh, all the people that have helped inspired you with music, but who are some of your inspirations within the music business? Yeah, so, I mean, really, uh, are you want like more old school or are you looking more like current day, like right now? 
whoever I'm yeah. looking for what, what, what caters, to, caters you? to you like yeah from from old school to new like everything that inspired you yeah so I mean um when I'm looking at you know as far as you know my style and things like that uh you know old school country uh which you know going back to the old um you know like your Glenn Campbell and and you know going back to uh you know old Merle and uh Chris Ledoux um I like uh, listening to uh, Arlo Guthrie. Um, I like, you know, um, current day. I, I, you know, I, I really enjoy the the inspiration that um, Co Wetzel and, and uh, Culture Wall and Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson bring to the element. Um, and you know, a lot of them, and also uh, you know, uh, Shaky Graves and. Um, Man, uh, Charlie Hancock, and like just, um, just you know, just having these these different people are are just so special because they bring a lot to the genre, and it's also contributed a lot to just my overall, I guess, writing style, uh, which is really the ultimate, you know, focus because that's where. The, the, the hits eventually, you know, come from is being able to identify, you know, little bits and pieces from those different artists that that can kind of contribute to the development and the progress. People like progress, you know what I mean? And I feel that that's where, you know, having artists like that, I mean, a lot of the most school cats, you know, are the ones that that just, you know, like Willie Nelson and, uh, you know, Waylon Jennings and, and, you know, just I was listening to them the other day. You know, and just the way that they communicated the message, um, it just, it's a different, it's a different space that you don't see right now. Right now, it's all, how many times can you hear the cliche of going down a dirt road with a girl, you know, uh, a blonde or, you know, whoever, you know, just this, you know, my girl's on the tailgate and I got, you know, a beer, you know, I got a Bud Light or something in my hand or you know what I mean it's just or a silver bullet it's like it's just monotonous it's just okay let's figure out another way to say the same thing again and it's like what about the pain you know what about the suffrage what about the what about the uh, discomfort you know what about the uh, what about you know death what about uh things that 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 affect people in a way mentally where they just feel like they're lost what about you know the ability to touch people's heartstrings in a way where uh, they feel like they were in the lowest part of their life and you show them that you understand how they feel because you can write that three and a half to four minute song that captures all of that emotion and relates to these people you know there's a lot more people in society and across the world that have negative things happening than they do positive. And I think there's so much of that that's completely forgotten about. You know, everybody wants to be happy. I want to be happy. But what's wrong with also being sad? What's also wrong with being mad? What's wrong with being torn right. down and, and, and destroyed or, you know, relationships that fall apart? You know, to not just the whole, again, cliche, you know, of you know, oh, my dog died and, you know, this and that, or, you know, I broke up. No, nothing like that. I'm talking about the stuff that's behind the scenes that the person writes in the journal, the stuff that someone tells someone in confidence that 
maybe only a handful of people or less know that you can count on one hand. You know, that's that's where I'm trying to go with these songs. I'm trying to capture these 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 experiences that people have have dealt with um, and, and, and bring a, a sense of notoriety to to how those things shape the next chapter of their lives. Like they might've been in a dark space, but they had to go through all of that negativity to see the light at the end of the tunnel and get to that next chapter where they could turn the page and then the positive starts to happen again. And um, those are things that those influences have, have done because a lot of them came from a lot of those situations. You know, they were, they were broke or uh, didn't have you know, uh, a good family dynamic or whatever the case might be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, because I think that's why a lot of people are drawn to music because it, it's not just about the happy outlet. You know, music creates an outlet for any emotion that, you know, we go through. So, yeah, about the songs that are, you know, less about, you know, the more commercial meaning songs and more about, you know, stuff that people can better relate to because it's like we have to go through this every day you know sadder songs songs that you know help you express that anger you might be feeling so it's definitely yeah. good to have artists who still consider that you know when making their music so props yeah. definitely props to you yeah right and no, I'm glad you uh, you you mentioned your, your music and the elements in your music and I definitely wanted to bring up the Florida Man because I could that way I can bring yes, up my sir. favorite song, Bar- Barnes, Bays, and Birds. Sure. When I say that's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's I don't know. I didn't play that so many times. It's ridiculous. But what was your um, like? I just want to. What was the thought process when you was writing that project from top to bottom, from Barnes, from Barnes, Bays, and Birds, yeah. all the way to back porch? Like, honestly, it's funny. You know, the 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 title of of the uh, the EP project um came randomly uh there was a guy that was i was at a festival playing in the fall uh last uh last year and um i was backstage before i had to get on stage and we were just kind of talking about things and you know in the midst of it he was like man you know you're like the epitome of like the florida man but not in the negative way and i was like okay and thing about florida is you know we're always in the in the in the news press and luke holmes when he released the song hurricane back a few years ago um that song there was a lot of storms going on and what was really unique was like he was this guy from you know regular old guy playing a guitar from appalachia state you know out there in north carolina and um that song came out and so I wound up naming this project Florida Man because I was like, so many people were looking up the name Hurricane because of all the storms that were happening. So it kept like organically online from a marketing standpoint, it kept pushing his song up. And then eventually it got to the right people. And then, you know, fast forward, Luke Combs is who he is now, winning Male Vocals of the Year and Album of the Year, right? Well, um, you know, so I did. So that's where that the, the title came from. As far as the body of work, the I wanted to communicate in my first project, you know, the first layer of the onion and give people who I really am, like what I come from. And Barnes, Babes and Bourbon is the epitome of me on a on a weekly basis. 
because, you know, for the last, I'm, I'm 32 now and back from when I was 18 uh, all the way up until now, you know, I've, I've been in the honky-tonk scene hard. I mean, line dancing, two-stepping every week, um, singing every week, you know, in these in these smoky bars. And, uh, you know, we have a place in Florida in Sanford called The Barn in Sanford, which is like my hometown honky-tonk spot. Then we got eight seconds and roundup. So I, I really capitalize on that with the, the song. So Barnes, Babes, and Bourbon, well, my mom's from Kentucky. And uh, I'm a big whiskey and bourbon drinker. I have my own. I have my own line of whiskey that I make myself uh, with my master distiller Jose Aponte uh, down at JLA. So, um, and uh, it used oh, wow. to be. Uh, it was Stockyard whiskey. It's going to be. We're changing the name to Bangtail whiskey. So that's a totally different thing. But nonetheless, you know, I, you know, I love to drink my whiskey and I love to drink my bourbon. And I want people to know that about me. I want them to understand how that's a part of my life. You know. And what 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 impact it plays, uh, you know the 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 barns, babes, and bourbon aspect was I took the barn and just the, the environment of being in that honky tonk scene and the babe, which is you know just seeing those girls out there and you're just dancing them around one by one, and it's just like you're that dude in there that's just kind of slick, you know. You just you're in and out, you know, and they're just like they 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 it manifests where these. You know, the girls see you and they're just like, man, that dude, man, he can dance. And I used to always get, I always get compliments when I'm, when dance. And, you know, it's like, you see these girls out there on the side and they don't know how to dance or they're, they're not comfortable. So, you know, I'm always the one that wants to be the icebreaker. So I go up, I grab a girl, pour onto the dance floor, spin her around, you know, whatever, and, and get her comfortable. And then once she gets going, then now she wants to learn. And the best thing is teaching people these dances, you know, and, then it, it led into to Tangled Up. You know, that was just kind of, that wasn't about a specific person. It was just kind of just the idea of just seeing, you know, being tangled up in a farmhouse and, and just like the exuding, like the, the energy of, uh, of a raw, you know, um, emotion that you have when you're with, with a girl, you know, and, and how that, how that night goes, you know, and, uh, then I country fried it. I wanted to throw some blues in there, have a little soul, and uh, I remember Zach Brown. Yeah, Zach Brown had the yeah, whole chicken fry, you know. Um, and I was like, well, <laughs> they got chicken fries, so let's just make country fry. Right. And I just did a different spin on it, you know. And then um, uh, County Road was just more or less the, the the day-to-day. That's, you know, driving down the county road by my house. I live out here in the middle of the forest down here in Florida. And, you know, I'm on a one-lane back road. Every, every, every day I get up and go into town, I always take this back road and, there's nothing out here. I mean, everything around me is is woods and national forest and uh, and it's cattle farms and horse horses and bridal clubs. It's, you know, we got one feed store and a corner store. We in a one light town. You know, and uh, it's just having that dynamic. And then uh, Smoky Bars and Guitars was the song of you know again, like I said, being in that Smoky Bar and Guitar and just painting a picture. And I, that one I painted it about the barn. That's why I said. You know, uh, Thursday night, my boys roll in the spot, parked in the uh, grass at the barn parking lot, you know, because that's where we would always go on a thirsty Thursday night. And uh, just painting the whole picture of what that night in the barn is like every time anybody goes in there and how crazy the night was. And just, you know, you can just see it from start to finish. Um, back porch was was just that 
that love song, this guy that's playing guitar on the back of a beach bar and he's like the background noise, but he falls, you know, he just sees this girl that just blows him away. And it's like, basically he knows he can't go pursue her because he's, he's playing music, you know, he's there to play his gig. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, you can always dream, right? So it was kind of like just this like little fairy tale kind of dream. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how the, the project unfolded. That's what it is. And it was really just me showing people one layer of the onion, like I was mentioning, as far as the honky tonk and uh, the, you know, that that old like traditional element. And I put the love songs because I was trying to capture a bigger demographic of women because a lot of my stuff that's coming next and stuff is a lot more rowdier. Uh, and, you know, even with these last two songs I just put out, people can see the energy the energy shift you know right. what I mean and can you describe your new project the one that dropped in November I dropped the song I'm American uh, just came out yesterday uh, and that came out on Veterans Day I did that I wrote that song really to just bring everybody uh, together you know full circle uh, I wrote that song last year and I was thinking about it I was actually going into my session on the Florida Man Project and I wrote that song at my house up in Nash and I was uh Oh no, I just was thinking about all the things that embodied me and my personality, but then I was thinking about everybody else that, you know, I'm around and, you know, what makes America great? Like, who are the Americans? Like, what do we stand for? You know, what do we come from? You know, it has nothing to do with, you know, religion or politics. It has to do with what your roots are. You know what I mean? And uh, that's where, and that record just really was meant to just touch different parts of the country to show that, America's everywhere, you know, whether it's in the deep south or whether it's in the in out there in the in big sky country out there by, you know, God's country in Montana or Alaska or in the in the uh, the, the Appalachian, you know, uh, mountains or anything like that. Coast to coast, you know, we're America and, you know, we're the red, white and blue and this is who we are. And uh, yeah, it was just a fun record to write and it was an easy ride. I probably wrote that song in about, I'd say about 30, 45 minutes. So is that the uh, quickest you ever wrote a song and fastest? Um, no, no. I wrote a song, actually, probably my first, hmm, fastest song I wrote. I'd actually probably have to say the Sunday Funday song, which was my first single that I ever released, was probably the fastest ride I've ever had. I wrote that song in about 20 minutes. Um, that's the best I've ever heard song. Yeah, I mean, I did. Yeah, it wasn't even a half hour. It was. I mean, I wrote it as soon as I had the hook. The rest is, I just literally thought about me coming out of my um, of my house and you know what I do on a Sunday fun day, and it just kind of it, it was just really easy to kind of just tie it together. You know, it wasn't really a lot of effort into that because it was just what I would normally do. So I just literally took my routine when I go out with my buddies and just wrote it into a song. I mean, I had a little crafting after the song was written, you know, mainly some melodies, maybe took a few words out or whatever, but the song was written in the better part of 20, 25 minutes. Just to piggyback off of what Cartier just asked, how long does it typically take you to write a song? Like, is it a long process or does it vary? Yeah, I think it varies. I mean, it, it, it depends if I'm writing for myself or writing for somebody else. 
you know, if you're writing for somebody else, um, the thing about that is, you know, you got to take into account their style. You got to take into account their vocal range. Yeah. And um, the topic or the concept of the song. So I think that's one thing that can make a song cumbersome or take a while. You might you might have to do it in two sessions. Uh, you're, you know, you, it just depends. But uh, for me personally, I say songs generally take me anywhere from 45 minutes to four hours. Not bad, yeah. You know, it just really depends on how. Right, not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it really just depends on how detailed I'm trying to get. Some of the things I need to be a little bit more crisp. So I got to refine it because I might have the general idea of what the concept is of the song. And I might have written the bear, you know, the, the, the bones of the song. But when you start putting the meat on the bones, you, you get into like certain types of wordplay. I might switch a chord around to add a different type of vibe. I might throw like a jazz chord in there or a blues chord, something like that, because I want to have a different feel in the bridge section or when I'm doing the uh, verses, you know, um, I might want to be a little bit more detailed in the content. Like I may not want to say, I don't know. Uh, I may not want to say, you know, the, the, the grass is green. I might want to get detailed on why the grass is green. You know what I mean? Or, you know, or if I'm talking about, you know, uh, a piece, like if you say leather, you could say leather and you could say it's, you know, distressed, right? Distressed leather, right? But what what has more impact? Distressed leather or torn and tattered? Torn and tattered. You see what I mean? So when you hear torn and tattered, you know that leather's yeah. been through it. You know what I mean? Right. It's just a different... And that's that's where the wordplay and the metaphors and the alliteration and all that comes into play. Some things like... I put a lot of alliteration in Barnes, Babes, and Bourbon because it's bees. Everything's on a bee. I got Barnes, Babes, and Bourbon in a glass. You know what I mean? I don't know how long it's going to last. You see what I mean? We love it. <laughs> so it's just like... Yeah, so it's like those things like that have such an impact. Because you got to understand, you only got... Radio cuts three and a half minutes, yeah. three, three mm-hmm. and a half minutes, right? That's radio cut. So I got if I have a if I have an intro or an outro, that's gonna take anywhere from four to eight bars, you know? And so you figure like you're taking anywhere from like eight to sixteen seconds away of the song in the beginning and on the back. So that's like, you know, thirty seconds is gone. So you're not even singing. That's just how the song's building up, right? And then if you have a solo section or if you have an interlude for your turnarounds coming back into your verses from the chorus, you know, um, those things value themselves too. So really, like, most of my verses are, like, anywhere between 24 and, and, and 30. Well, I say maybe even as little as 20, 20 to 30 seconds, would be a, a, a verse figure. And then your hook needs to be, you know, your hook needs to be super catchy because you only have that opportunity to capture the, the listener. And it's got to be something that's going to be stuck in their head that all they got, if they don't know nothing else about the song, they know that hook. So I kind of want to go back to uh talking more about touring and stuff so you know country fans are nothing if not fearlessly loyal 
They're known for having some of the most passionate fan bases. And I just wanted to know, how does that affect you when touring? Like, do you find that a lot of your fans meet you at different uh, shows if you're in a different city? Or do you, you feel yourself, you pick up a lot of new fans that may not have heard about you? By the time that the end of the show ends, they're like, yeah, you know, I totally mess with you. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's like really uh, a cool thing, and it's and it's really like awesome to like watch it. Just like I said, manifest because I'll be in man, I'll be in Georgia, and uh, I'll play somewhere in Georgia, and then next thing you know, I'll be in back in Nashville, and I see somebody there that I seen at another <laughs> show. I seen a dude that I saw a guy was at CMA Fest. I was in Nash playing. And I was at this thing with uh, Lane Hardy, and he had just won American Idol. And I was at this thing, and I was uh, I was interviewed by ABC um, from him or something going on like during his little um, during his little meeting. And uh, outside of his meet and greet, I went over to the side, and this guy just like hollers at the top. He's like Brandon, and I'm like turn around, like who is it? He's like Brandon, and I turn, I look, and the dude's like. He's like, hey, man. And he's from Illinois. And he's like, man, he's like, I listen to Sunday Funday all the time. He's like, I finally get to meet you. Can I get an autograph? Wow. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. Like, or like I went to Sioux Falls, South Dakota a couple years ago. And uh, I was at the Pentagon um, and uh, Luke Combs was doing a show. And I flipped there to get some content and had a, a meet up with him. And uh, I left. And I would go up to this this uh, bar, and at the end of the show, I was at this bar hanging out with my buddy, and uh, I go up to this fire pit outside. It's like twenty degrees, if or less. You know, it's freezing outside, and we're hanging out. And all of a sudden, this dude again hollers, and I heard my name three times. And I'm like, "Who's saying my name?" I was like, "It's got to be another Brandon." And then all of a sudden, the dude like taps me. He's like, "Dude, he's like." He's like, hey, I didn't mean to hit you, touch you, but he's like, I'm like, hey, what's going on? And uh, he's like, man, my, my name is, uh, Be- they call me Beer Can Dave. I'm like, what? And uh, he's uh, he was from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and he watched my music online. He saw me on social media. He recognized me. He gave me his number. He's like, man, he's like, you ever come up here to Sioux Falls? You always got a, a roof over your head and a warm plate of food. And he's like, I'd love to take you out on a pheasant hunt. And I was like, because he knows I love hunting. So I was like, man, that's cool. That's that's dope. Like, you go to these random spots and you meet these awesome people. And then you also got these other situations where you just make a lot of new fans. You make people that just support you. They like your energy. And I, I can see that. I'm seeing it more and more as my music's growing, as my presence is growing. I'm seeing it more on my my comments. Because you can go on my, my social media platforms and see how the people are engaging and the things that they're saying. And it's uh, it's really cool and it, it's really motivating. It pushed me to want to make better music every time. So when you're going into these um, these different cities, which one is your favorite city to tour? I say, um, well, with a few that I've toured around so far, as far as going and doing shows at all, I, you know, so far I enjoy Georgia a lot, but it's because I think it's just a comfort zone. But a place that I'm looking forward to doing tours at is uh, Texas. I'm really looking forward to going out to Texas. And um, I also really enjoy Colorado. Colorado's a blast. I was out there, um, and I've met a lot of people out there in Colorado. And I'm looking to do a bunch of shows out there as well, trying to 
set up something at like the Grizzly Rose outside of Denver. So if y'all hear it, if anybody from uh, the Grizzly Rose, you know, uh, hears this, you know, this interview, then yeah, Brandon Banks trying to book it or a machine shop up there in, uh, in Michigan. I definitely want to go play there. So there's a lot of cool venues I want to play. Red Rocks is definitely someplace I want to play eventually because the acoustics for outdoor show is amazing. Um, and uh, been at Dirks's Seven Peaks Festival the last couple of years. So I definitely love the opportunity to get on his uh, festival because I was there since the inception, watching it come together and being with a bunch of artists that I knew. So uh, those are things. But yeah, definitely Texas and, and definitely Colorado. So you just finished mentioning uh, some of the dream venues that you, you know, can't wait to play. What about uh, some festivals? Oh, yeah. Uh, festivals. Um, we have a big festival down here in Florida uh, called Country Thunder that just started actually last year. It used to be day, the the Country 500 and they changed it over. Um, I would love to play on that. I was going to say, yeah, I remember that change. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely would love to play the... Uh, the Country Thunder. Uh, also, I would love to play Stagecoach. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, Lynchburg Music Fest. Uh, there's also um, I'm play. I'm going to be playing this coming uh, next year in the spring, going into Cinco de Mayo week- weekend. I was supposed to play it this year, but they postponed it because of the pandemic. But it is rescheduled, and I'm playing on that ticket uh, next year. But uh, the Swanee River Jam up in Live Oak, so I'm excited to play on that one. And I think it'd be fun to play. Um, uh, it'd be fun to play the the festival that's up at the Floribama or, or Rock the South uh, or Tortuga. That would be a, another fun one to play. Are there any artists that you would most like to collaborate with potentially? Yeah. Um, if I could, man, if I could collaborate with somebody, I got a handful of them actually. Uh, I would love to work with. You know, current day, I would I would really love to do a song with um, Co Wetzel. I feel like we just have we would get along good. I think we'd have a good vibe. Um, I think it'd be fun to to also collaborate with Tyler Childers. I really respect his style. Um, uh, Charlie Crockett uh, would love to work with Charlie Crockett, um, and um, I think Coulter Wall would be fun. And uh, Riley Green would be a fun one, too, if we could come up with the right dynamic. Um, but, yeah, those would be probably the the core right now. And Eric Church, for sure. I would love to do something with Eric Church. So um, that would probably be, you know, my six, uh, six, or, you know, six or so people that I'd try to do something with, for sure. Okay. Um, if you could set up your own concert or festival, who would you invite to, to perform? I would definitely bring, and I mean, we mentioned some of the ones that I'd like to collaborate with. So, you know, um, I definitely would bring them on the ticket uh, just because I, I, they, they influence and inspire me. Uh, I like to bring, a, I like Michael Hardy. He's awesome. Um, I like his style as a writer. Uh, I think Travis Tritt would be a lot of fun to have out there. Uh, Tracy Lawrence, love Tracy Lawrence. Um, I also love, uh, man, Tennille Towns, man. She's 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 killing the game right now on the female side. I really think she'd be a good, and Miranda Lambert would be fun on a ticket. She is. I like her. Who else would be good out there? Ashley McBride. Uh, Aaron Lewis. I like his style. I think he's just, you know, he's just kind of raw. Cody Jinks, Cody Johnson. 
Um, and uh, I think uh, Turnpike Troubadours, uh, Whiskey Myers, Cadillac Three, uh, Justin Moore. Yeah, that that would be a cool. That would be a cool vibe. It would, it would, it would really kind of assimilate this, you know, um, in your face slash neo traditional kind of vibe. And I think that it would be, it would be just be a fun, a fun rowdy time. Yeah, I definitely can hear that. I can hear that. Yeah, I like you know. I just I love energy. Um, that they, they all have great songs as far as stripping it down and being, you know, emotional too. But when they bring the when they when when they bring the gas, they bring the gas. Right. And what's the point of going to a festival or concert if you couldn't um if there was no energy there? So Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. If you wasn't doing music, what would you be doing? <laughs> if I wasn't doing music, what would I be doing? Well, I'm already kind of doing it. <laughs> I got a solar company down here in Florida or uh, all American solar, so I, I run my solar business and I also have my whiskey company, so I, I'd probably just be doing those two things solely. I wasn't right. I was, I was just about to say you're doing solar whiskey music. Yeah. Just, just a renaissance. Yeah, man. you know, I'm trying to build an empire. You know, listen, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow or today could be my last breath. So, I'm trying to build an empire so I can, you know, leave a legacy behind. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I feel that. I definitely feel that. Um, do you do you no. have a family? Two dogs. Yep, for sure. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> right. Yeah, I got two dogs, you right. know. They they the princesses of the castle. Right. Yeah, yeah. family. Yeah, they are. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they, they sometimes they could be their last breath, you know. <laughs> but no, I love what I love of, them. What today. kind of dogs do you have? Huh? What kind of dogs do you have? Uh, I got two American Bulldog lab mixes, uh Georgia and Gunner. Wow. They're both uh sisters. So one's a black yeah. and tan, one's a black and white. Uh and they're they're gosh, six years old now. Yeah, gonna be seven. So they're starting to get up there a little bit. Did the pandemic have an effect on you, like playing in the gigs this year, or like did it shift things for you? Um, yeah, it canceled all. It canceled a lot of shows, but uh, in the last four months, I mean, really since July, I haven't really done a whole lot, but I've done five shows in the last four months. So I mean, at least I got shows one. One was was sold out, and um, the other four were pretty balanced. You know, what would you say your favorite song is to perform? Ooh, um, original or cover? Um, we can do one of both. My favorite song to perform, I'd have to say, with the ones that are out right now, because I, I definitely have a new one that's going to be my favorite, I'm sure. But I have to say, with uh, with what's out right now, I'd say it's probably um. Probably back porch, and I think the reason why I like it so much is because it's just really connect. It, it really connects. Like when people get it, you know, when they get to that hook, it's, it's come on. When that hook gets you, it's like someone throw a shepherd hook around your neck. You know what I mean? You can't you can't get out of that thing. You in there? So it's like, and it's it's cool because it's just like a it's a good vibe, and it's it's like a medium tempo song. But you know it, it, what's cool on the on the stage is you see all these couples out there. And when you see these couples out there, you see them, uh, you know, they uh, start dancing with each other or you got them, you know, you just see how much emotionally attached they are to the song with their loved one. And that's really a cool, you know, feeling, you know, when you're on stage, knowing that you wrote a song that touches people like that. Um, 
but uh, I love doing as far as a cover right now that I'm enjoying doing a lot. I'm enjoying doing February 28th, 2016 from uh, Co. Wetzel. It's 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 got it's all it's all gas, no brakes, and it's just a crazy kind of time. So yeah, I love doing that one live for people. And my final question: What is one message you would like to give to your fans? Big Hoss is just getting started, and uh, we got decades ahead that we're trying to build, you know, a, a lifestyle. And I just want them to know that. I just want them to all be know how much I appreciate them, and and uh, I'm excited to have have them on the journey for all the all the newcomers that come and all the ones that have been riding with me from the beginning. And uh, we're gonna take over country music, and uh, we're gonna build this thing bigger than you could ever imagine and it's just going to be a lot of fun doing it and I'm just glad to have him there to be a part of that process now our last question what's next for you any big shows projects coming up oh yeah I just wrote a song for Richard Petty for King of NASCAR for mil- for our military in a military book children's book nice so that's going to be a big deal that's going to be coming um, and I have a new EP that's going to be coming out I'm at the beginning of the new year, so I got a whole new project, and I got another project that I'm already I'm already putting together that I'm gonna start working on getting back in the studio next year, and yeah, then it's really just gonna be uh, once everything settles down here over the next few months with things in this whole pandemic, it's uh yeah tour time. So busy, hope busy. Everybody ready and hope everybody yeah right. <laughs> we gonna make it. We gonna make you sweat. Hopefully you'll be able to tour so we can go the melting pot and go and see one. Definitely, definitely. Come on now. You know you coming up. Now, if you're doing that, if you come on out, you're going to have to come on the stage and we're going to have to throw back a shot of my whiskey and do a little blue oh, color. Oh, most swallow. definitely. Because I was going to say Most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, you know, we're going to get you I, up. That's what I like. I, get me dancing too. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about no blue collar swallow. I know how to take to the head. That's the same thing. Right. Don't worry, you're gonna take it. It's gonna come in. Hey, it's gonna, he gonna got it. Good Don't worry. We're gonna teach him, we're gonna get him good. <laughs> yeah. We gonna we gonna we gonna we gonna bring the uh, the magic we gonna bring the uh yeah. the magic city All right vibe. now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we love it, we love it. <laughs> right, we de- so we so oh, the best yeah. part, we definitely gotta make that happen. Hey, I'm all in. And we uh and if that's the case. Then we're gonna have to do a, a, a like a live interview and like a video thing or something. Oh yeah, at the venue, at the venue. Oh, most definitely. Oh, of yeah. course. Most you know, definitely. Like a before, like a before the show or something like that. Something where we could just make it just a really fun time and just yeah. Yeah, we are. We're headed involved. in that direction. I kid you Come not. On now. I kid you not. Yes. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Right. We wouldn't have any other way. Hey, that's what I like to hear. I appreciate y'all having me. We appreciate you for coming out. But before uh, we wrap it up. Give the people your social media. Yeah, uh, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram uh, at Brandon Bing Music. Uh, you can also find me on uh, TikTok and in Parlor at Brandon Bing, and then you got uh, YouTube is is Brandon Bing Music as well. But if you go in there, make sure you put the music ones in front because if you just put Brandon Bing, you're gonna get my cousin that used to play for the the New York Giants. So. No. I'm trying to, I'm trying to push him, trying to push him out the way. He just because he won a Super Bowl with Eli Manning don't mean nothing. Mm, all right. <laughs> well, Sue Chefs, this has been another fun, super exciting interview with Brandon Bing. I'm your host, Sly. I'm Cartier the Blue 
shot call or whatever the dawn <laughs> and this has been the, the melting pot. pot it's been 13 years since you filled my heart wrangled up this farrier right from the start just an old horseman within the pasco county lines fell in love with a brooklyn girl was a moment in time Thinking about all the things we did Reminiscing on the memories with our kids You're the star and the angel of my eyes You pay the path of our journey Best one I ever took